So. Imagine if we had a conference about YAML. We do, KubeCon. Ooh, that's KubeCon, yeah. That's KubeCon, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. So I need to start writing YAML now. Josh Wolf coming at you live from Sangasabi in Sweden. I'm here with my man Mauricio Salatino, who's just joined the uh, DevRel team mm-hmm. for ZB. Yeah. Welcome. Nice to be here, man. It's, we are enjoying this uh, yeah, place. Great, huh? Awesome place. And, Sweden. Uh, yeah, just working on the Kubernetes angle, right? Yeah. Just trying to get that done, and uh, uh, it's coming. So the, all the Getting Started Guide for Kubernetes is coming, and the Helm charts are published today. So you will be seeing more of that uh, I got a great joke on. for you. A great joke. Go ahead. Okay, so a DevOps engineer walks into a bar. Yep. He puts the bartender into a Docker container, <laughs> puts Kubernetes behind the bar, spins yep. up a thousand bartenders <laughs> and orders a beer. Perfect. Just for one. <laughs> and that's how it works, right? <laughs> so you create this uh, big infrastructure and then you just need to use it. So we need to make sure that we use it efficiently and uh, we provide all the tools that uh, people will you know, be using uh, with that stuff. Yeah, so. a lot of people asking for that stuff. And hey, um, yep. why don't you tell people a bit about yourself, like where you came from, what you've been doing? Sure, sure. So I've been working on the VPM open source industry for like 10 years now. Yeah, uh, that was weird, man. We worked y- together on JVPM in 2008. That's crazy, man. Yeah, that's. I think that that's at that point I was starting at like a trainer. Uh, so I was doing JVPM3 trainings. And, uh, and where was that? That was in, in South America, basically. So okay. I was traveling around South America providing trainings. Yeah. And it was good because I got in touch with the you know the the project owners and uh, I started contributing back then and cool. and then I decided to switch uh, to like a more simple project which which was called Rulesflow at that point. Mm. It was like the VPM solution for the rule engine. Bob McWhorter was he doing? Yeah, that? yes, yes. He he kind of like started the rules project. Okay. And then uh, there were some other people like building this VPM side on inside it, like mm. fully integrated. I think that that was kind of like a cool project to understand why rules and processes kind of like work hand by hand. And was that like straight out of university or? Uh, yeah. So basically, after finishing university, I moved to Buenos Aires, like Argentina's capital, and uh, just for looking for a job. And that's where I get into you know open source and JBoss in general. So I joined like a consulting firm okay. uh, that was doing JBoss consulting, basically. Cool. And I just then specialized on, on JVPM because I kind of like that that framework and also I started like doing rules kind of like heavily. So yeah. So they had taken like open source software and then they built a business around helping people to like install it and use it. It's like consulting. Yeah, yeah. So basically they went to different customers to say, okay, you do you want to implement something with open source uh, that belongs to, you know, to the JBoss family kind of thing? Mm. And they provide the consulting around that. And there were like a couple of uh, very strong consultants on the application server at that point, but not so much on the frameworks, right? Like mm. JVPM and Rules in this case. So that's where I get started. And, and then I just follow the path on the on the rule side uh, quite a lot. Uh, that's why I wrote like three books on JVPM and one on rules, which okay. is kinda, was kind of like a fun experience. The main problem with these books is like when you write them, they get all quite yeah, faster, dude. right? Yeah, man. Because the project life cycle is all around. It was around two years. Okay. Uh, so after two years, you know, you need to create like an updated version yeah. for the next version, and, and that that was good. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then uh, I was doing a little bit of cloud. So I started working with Kubernetes like four years ago. That was with OpenShift? That was with OpenShift in Red Hat. Uh, and uh, I started doing all the 
trying like migration of these frameworks to the OpenShift ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, but it was quite early on, so not everybody understood at that point why that was important. Mm. Now it's super clear that we need to go there, right? Like we need to have all our tools working in, in the Kubernetes environment. But I got a lot of experience on it and BPM plus, you know, Kubernetes, Kubernetes. and OpenShift, open it's like, <laughs> it's a good combination nowadays to be here working with ZB, so. Yeah, 100%. And how did you find out about ZB? Uh, so I've been following CV since it, it was created, since it was announced. Okay. Uh, trying to understand, you know, the main, you know, concepts behind it and why they wanted to, you know, distribute the workflow engine itself. And I found it quite interesting. It's like a very interesting proposal to solve this problem at, at large scale. Mm. Uh, and uh, I'm hoping to be able to contribute with some of the, you know, pieces of, of the engine at some point. I have a couple of pet projects already, but uh, that will take. It will take me some time until I get used to, to, to you know, to the internals and, and yeah, yeah. get aligned with the with the CBT. Yeah, and I was looking at um, someone commented on that bug or the issue feature request for deleting deployed workflows. Perfect. And his yep. use case, the I mean, you know, save space. I mean, come on, how much no, space does that take? Yeah, yeah, that's. But he had a good one, which was uh-huh. um, customer deploys their workflows mm-hmm. and then the customer cancels their account and says undeploy all my data. Yep. 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 So you have to you, you have know. to you have to comply, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless totally. you want to like I don't know, delete the cluster and restart it and redeploy everything else, you could do it like that, right? That's a workaround. Yeah, that's a workaround, but in general I guess that for for resources I do consider like every process definition and every you know, workflow instance, uh, like a resource, right? So if you provide like create, you need to provide delete and you probably need to provide update, right? Mm. So yeah, I think that it's a, it's a good thing and uh, I will definitely try to contribute with that. It is a controversial one, it seems, because there are several ways of implementing that. Mm. And it really depends on, on what do you want to do if you delete the, like one of the definitions, if you undeploy one of the definitions. While it's running. What do you do with the ones that are still running, right? Uh, so yeah, I think that we will go with a simple solution first, like uh, labeling, like processes as undeployed. Oh yeah, that so it cannot be started. Exactly, so if you try to create a new one, that's blocked. And then just have a scheduler and say if there are no running instances, then actually delete, delete it. Delete it, yeah, exactly. Oh, I yeah. think that we can do something like that. And also that might open the door to do that kind of like cleanup scenarios, like in a separate kind of like sidecar. Mm. So it's not the broker itself that ah. takes you know care of all these things. You just delegate that to an external thing, thingy, let's say. Where where are those deployed processes kept though? Aren't they like in memory? Yeah, so they are replicated now, as far as I understand. So basically, when you do a deployment, yeah, they replicate that into every broker. So every broker has the definition. Yeah, it does. Yeah, right. So it's kept in RocksDB. Okay. And uh, so that's kind of like what we need to deal with, right? Like uh, we will have replicated process definitions. Mm. When we trigger the undeploy, we need to mark them probably, and then we can just go to every broker and clean it up. So that might be one thing to okay. to, to, to look for, uh, but it might take some time to get that implemented. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do consider that that's important for like more like on the CI/CD approach, when you want to uh, represent what you have inside the cluster, for example, in a Git repository. So you can have a Git repository saying, I want all these process definitions. Yeah. And then there will be again another service that will say, okay, I will just read that Git repository and I will deploy all these process definitions. Mm-hmm. But when you remove one from the Git repository, it will undeploy it. Mm. So then you can have kind of like this kind of like sync between Git and a cluster that is running. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 yeah, again, that's another one of my pet projects that I would like to see some mm. kind of like GitOps practice around that. Okay. So you just push and deploy and 
because you can do that imperatively now but then you just turn that imperative thing into a tool and then it becomes declarative for the user right i think that that's the whole point right which is basically kubernetes exactly yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly so it's like a declarative way of saying this is the state that i want and then i know exactly what's running right mm. and i can control it and roll back right because in, if you have things in Git, you can say, okay, I will commit in order to remove one process, and then I will roll back if I made a mistake, and that will reflect the state of the cluster. So, That's pretty cool, yeah. Because yeah. then you don't have to worry about implementing some kind of version control system inside the cluster. <laughs> yeah, the version control is, is the other thing, right? Like, uh, how do we deal with versions of, the, of changes in the processes, right? Yeah, we do have versions there, and you mm -hmm. can when you create a workflow instance, you can choose the version Yep. And if you don't specify anything, it'll use the latest one. Yes, yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I, I'm thinking uh, more strongly now that the idea of, of, yeah, so if you, so instead of having like fixed versions like we have now, like with Sember, like, you know, minor and patch versions. I think the version is just a number. It's just an integer. It's just, just an integer now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but then the other problem is that the yeah. workers, mm -hmm. they don't... Um, they don't relate to specific versions. Yeah, not necessarily. You know, yeah. what are you going to do? Start writing like if statements inside your workers to like you know to switch say, cases. Yeah, that's that's bad. Um, someone was uh, they they actually versioned the task type, mm -hmm. so that they could version the workers. Yeah, so you just put like something in the header or something like that. Oh, the like header you? would be one place. Yeah, but yeah. they no, they were putting it in the um, in the task type itself. In like, the task you know, type. Like oh, check yeah. inventory v1. v1. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that you know that opened the questions of do, should we provide like a mechanism to deal, to deal with that, right? And again, the idea of we should make that transparent for the user, right? Like the user shouldn't care about that, and all that complexity, right? And also the worker logic shouldn't be that complex of saying okay, which version of the process is calling me? Yeah. Because that's like maintenance hell. I wonder if. Um if the, the version of the workflow is in the job metadata? Uh, pr probably it is. It should be it kind should of like be, in the right? context. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it should be propagated. If not, we need to create an issue for that. Yeah, good yeah, point. You should be able to see yeah, exactly which version which, yeah. is running. And yeah. where, so where are you based now? You're from Argentina originally. Yeah, but I'm based in London. Okay. So I live there. Londres. And yes, if you are going to London, let me know. Yeah, for you sure. You can uh, tweet me at Salavoy, right? Okay. And then just drop me a message there and you know, we can have a chat. So you're happy to have like people just drop in and just see you. sending me messages and Sick. we can have, grab a coffee and do, you know, and hack together, right? Oh, I'm awesome. super open to go to the city and hack with people. Okay, do you live, how far from like, C, I don't know what London's like, the CBD? Is there a thing? CBD in London? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like cent to, to central London, I'm like 20 minutes away. So okay. it should be. And I work from home, so I just can go everywhere to work. Awesome. So, yeah. And uh, are there like, there's a Kubernetes meetup in. Uh... There are several meetups there in London. So, you have the microservices meetup, you have the cloud native meetup, you have yeah. the Kubernetes meetup, okay. and you have, uh, now we have the Kamunda meetup there as well. Awesome. So, I will be attending at the Kamunda meetup, and I'm speaking next week at uh, the London Java community user group mm. about open source. So, it's a super generic talk about open source and how is it funded. Mm. So how, you know, different projects get funding in order to continue. And uh, I will be intro, like I will be talking a little bit about Open Collective as well, which is an organization that helps to uh, maintain the maintainers, mm. which is a very interesting concept. So, yeah, I will just uh, be there if you want to join, if you're in London. 
please feel, feel free to you know drop in awesome and so that's next week I should get this podcast out ASAP then so people can uh, yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah. About it. so when you say next week like what is that that's the 24th the 20, 24th of September 2019 yes that's yeah. true <laughs> it's good to have that it's good to have a year so you don't get lost yeah yeah, yeah people yes. rock up there and they're like what and they're like nah dude that was two years ago <laughs> exactly yeah that, that usually happens but yeah I'm hoping to be quite active there in the London meetup so okay cool yeah we don't have much of a Java meetup scene in Brisbane really but Brisbane is more of a .NET town perfect so there is no like Java user group there nah we tried to start it a couple of times but and it never took off nah People just not interested enough if they're programming in Java to come to it. No, that's 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 interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, the .dot net meetup can get mm-hmm. up to a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very well attended. What about like uh, cloud native, like cloud native stuff or uh, Kubernetes? There's, a, there's an AWS meetup mm-hmm. that gets a lot of people. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, not so much cloud native or Kubernetes. Uh huh. Okay. That's the good JavaScript meetup has a lot of people at it. Uh huh. So the really the really well attended ones there are AWS .dot mm-hmm. net. Uh, JavaScript. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of funny how people, yeah, yeah, get organized around that. Yeah, yeah. Good. Different towns have got different kind of different. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I guess it depends on what the universities uh, do, mm-hmm. which languages they choose, and then people go on to program and start companies programming on those on stacks. those things. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. We are getting more and more polyglot, right? Yeah. So even like uh, I, I recognize that Camunda was founded as a Java company. It's mm. you know it's expanding towards like new horizons. So that's no, quite cool. Yeah. We will just need to start learning more and more languages now. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. So what do you got planned for for um, the DevRel kind of side of things? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the next following weeks, I, I think that it's all about getting started with CV on, on Cube. Okay. Yeah, so that needs to go out as soon as possible. Uh, and then I had a couple of experiments that I want to run about uh, cloud events, for example. That it's a, a specification for emitting events in a standard format. Okay. And uh, that enables you to interact with you know, other tools that are being built based on the idea of on, on that specification. So if we can have that for CV, that will be interesting because then you can start, you know, Using like a standard format for saying, okay, this is what's going on inside the, the brokers, inside the cluster. Mm. And other tools can pick that up and do, you know, intelligence or monitoring or, you know, or interactions, right? Uh, the other thing that is going to happen is that uh, we need to start preparing some presentations about how to, you know, how to leverage whatever CV has to provide uh, for your existing microservices, right? So if you already have a set of microservices, okay, so what are the main steps uh, that you can you know, follow in order to start using CV into those projects? Mm. Uh, so that that should be coming uh, by the end of the year. Okay. And uh, yeah, and I will be speaking there at, at KubeCon uh, San Diego okay. in November. Yep. So Imagine if we had a conference about YAML. We do KubeCon. That's KubeCon, yeah. That's KubeCon, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. So I need to start writing YAML now, okay. so I can have something to demonstrate there. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And I'm hoping to be very active on the podcast as well. So I awesome. hope to be joining you at some point. Yeah, man. You could do some. You could record some mm-hmm. uh, episodes mm-hmm. in in London and in Europe. For sure. Because I'm here, you know, two three times a year. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're here all the time yeah yeah of so course. Got, like access to people on the side well that'd be great that would be I think that that'd be awesome if we can create like a channel where we can just produce content for people to stay up to date of, of what's happening with the projects yeah 100% awesome okay cool. at Salaboy on Twitter and yeah. in Slack and on the forums that's it cool great thanks Thank for joining you, today Josh.